please. Not get a handout. Uh, Brian is going to be handing out handouts. They'll be a good tool to use during this sermon. Uh, I would like for you to go ahead and turn to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, that's not in the handout. So it'll be good to have your Bible open to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and then use this as kind of a supplement uh, for the sermon today. All of our song leaders do an awesome job here. And uh, Tim, uh, you do as well. Uh, and I'm not picking on you. Where are you? There you are. I'm not picking on you. When I ask you to turn to 432, just a minute. Turn back to 432. We read, we sang, Jesus keep me near the cross. And again, Tim, this is not a slam on you. It's just a hang-up I have, okay? It's one of my hang-ups. So this is all on me, okay? 432. In the, in the, uh, it's a beautiful song. I love this song. I just wish I could change one word in it. I wish I could change. I wish I, everybody had a pencil and we could all change one word in it together and then go through the congregation and change them all that way, okay? But that word, uh, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. Uh, there's no such thing as the rapture. There's no such, it's not a Bible word, it's not in the Bible. But we, pretty, we pretty much sang it with gusto. Now, I understand, we understand, that there's no such thing as the rapture. But I don't see any visitors here tonight, but what if the visitor was here with us? They would certainly think we thought it was all right, and they would certainly think we thought it was a good thing to sing about. I would love to change that to rest, rest, uh, till my rested soul shall find, or till my happy soul shall find. You know, I can understand. There's another song we sing that has the word rapture in it. And it's, it's more talking about that. The context of the word. It's not a bad word. I'm not saying it's a bad word. And there is going to be, and we're going to talk about it today, about when we talk about the day of the Lord, there is certainly going to be a time when we rise and meet Jesus in the air. And that's basically what that word means. But the world today has taken the word rapture and they've put, packaged it in such a way to where... Well, it's just not a Bible word. And it doesn't mean what we believe it to mean. And so it's a, it's a hard, that's a hard song for me to sing. Uh, Sarah looked at me and, why wasn't you singing, Daddy? Well, I was humming because I love the tune. But I wasn't going to sing the song. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to promote something that's just not true. And you might think, Chad, buddy, really, come on. It's just a, it's just a word. Well, words mean something. Jesus said, by your words, you'll be, you'll be known, and by your words, you'll be condemned. Yeah. So words do mean something. At the beginning of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, again, Tim, that's not a slam on you. It's a beautiful song. Keep singing it. I just, like I said, I just wish we could all change that one word. At the beginning of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul writes, finally. Finally. Like it's going to be the end of the letter. And while it's true, there's only 853 words left in the letter. Paul packs a lot of information in such a short amount of verbiage. 
In the first 12 verses, Paul pleads with them to live pure, sanctified, orderly lives. And then Paul calls attention to a a new topic, one in which he is very anxious for the Thessalonians to have a total understanding of in their lives. And, And he wants us to understand this for our lives as well. This new topic, it runs from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. So that's the passage that we're passage of Scripture that we're going to be in today. Uh, you, you might be like me, and you literally judge a book by its cover. And I don't mean, I'm not talking about judging other people. I literally walk into Barnes & Noble, or I re- literally walk into the Books A Million. I love going to bookstores, and I will judge a book by its, by its artwork, I'll judge a book by, by the title that's on it. If it's some crazy title, I want it, I'll just keep on going by. Or if it's some silly artwork or some romantic artwork, I'm not going to stop at that book. I really do judge a book by its cover. And so uh, I, I titled this sermon, The Day of the Lord, but I could have titled it so many things. Uh, so I'm going I'm to tell you all of the titles tonight that I could have used for the sermon. And I'm using those as my sermon points. Alright? And hopefully, maybe one of these titles you'll judge worthy and maybe you'll want to hang on to one of these titles and it'll really help explain our passage today. Let's begin. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Begin with verse 13. But, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. Now this, this first title that I have for you is, is Sincere Ignorance. could have titled this sermon Sincere Ignorance. There are many who, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18, have their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. There are many who are sincerely ignorant of God's Word. That's not a slam. It's a fact. Basic teachings about salvation, basic teachings about life after death, and the life of a Christian just escaped their their moral or their mental grasp. Paul didn't want the Thessalonians to be ignorant. He doesn't want us to be be ignorant. The next title I could have put on this sermon comes from these two verses, and the, the title is Death is Sleep. To the Christian, death is sleep. What happens when you die and you don't go to torment like the rich man in Luke chapter 16 who went to torment and he was in in pain? What happens to the Christian? What happens to the man of God, to the woman of God? Well, you're at rest. Jesus described it as sleep. Notice, Jairus' daughter was, was, was dying in Luke chapter 8. And eventually she does die before Jesus can get to her. And notice what Jesus says about the daughter. Luke chapter 8, verse 52. Now, all wept and mourned for her, but He said, Do not weep. She's not dead, but sleeping. In John chapter 11, Jesus' 
friend Lazarus was sick, and, and Jesus waited to heal him. He could have gone before him and healed Lazarus, but he waited. He waited so that God would be glorified. And Jesus tells his disciples the reason behind his actions. John chapter 11, verse 11, these things he said, and after he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Because they had no reservation as a, at a busy restaurant, Mr. and Miss Parker went to this restaurant. And they didn't have a reservation. And they got to the, to the counter, and the, the young man told them, told Mr. and Miss Parker that it was going to be a 45-minute wait. Do you remember that, Miss Parker? you remember that happened? 45-minute wait. Mr. Parker said, Son, we're in our 90s. We may not live 45 minutes. They were seated immediately. No matter what age you are, no matter what age you are, young or old, Matt was telling me today, he, he, was, he, and, he and Isaac were almost hit by a car the other day, just down at this new market. I mean, he would have been over like that. We as Christians, we shouldn't fear death. We shouldn't fear death. No matter how old or how young we are, if you're a Christian, don't fear death. We will be at rest when we die. To me, just the plain truth about death is more comforting than some of the things I've heard at some funerals. Just the plain, simple truth that I'll be at rest. Do I exactly know what all is going to happen? No, but the Scripture doesn't tell me everything. But I am told that I'll be at rest. Which brings me to the next title that I could have used. Weep not for me. Don't, don't cry for me. I almost used don't cry for me Argentina, but I didn't go that way. Don't cry for me Portland, or don't cry for me Fountainhead. Don't weep for me. Cry for me because I'm gone. Cry for me because you're going to miss me. But don't give in to grief like the world does when their loved ones die. I'll be okay. I'll be all right. I'll be at rest. Notice Jesus gives us the example. John chapter 11, verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping... Again, talking about Lazarus' sister. He saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit, and he was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Talking about Lazarus. And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And what does it say? The, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus wept for his friend. That's, that's, the, that's the example that we're given. Even Jesus cried for his friends. So, so weep for your Christian friends, but not for their end. Their end will be glorious. Mark Twain quipped, Live your life in such a way that when you die, even the undertaker will be sorry. But don't weep for me and mourn for me and make shrines for me. You know, there's a lady that I, I knew. She's from Centerville, Tennessee. And her husband, I don't know, may have been kind of important. I don't know. Has part of a road named after him. But when he died, she built this huge, and I'm not 
Stop slamming it. Somebody else knows somebody that does this. I'm not saying it because I understand it's grief and how everybody grieves in their own way. But she built a huge shrine to her husband. Big, huge marble shrine in the front yard. That's not where he's buried. It's just his shrine. And it has a place to go and sit and contemplate his life. Don't build something like that for me. Please, don't weep for me like that. Be happy I'm at rest. And go on with your life. The next title I could have slapped on this sermon is Beyond Hope. Go back with me to verse 13. Let's read verses 13 and 14 again. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. Notice, those who have not fallen, those who have not fallen asleep in Jesus have no What a sobering fact. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? I mean, I'm not pointing, I, I'm just pointing out what the scriptures say. I, I, I'm not making this up. Don't, don't shoot the messenger, please. If your mind immediately, immediately goes to a friend or a family member who's not in Christ, that's on you. Don't be ignorant and stick your head in the sand and, and not recognize the elephant that's in the room. Don't be ignorant, brethren. There are many around us who have no hope because they're not in Christ. And when Jesus Christ comes back, He's not coming back after them. Verse 14 is, is a mini version of the gospel, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you see that there? If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with Him those who sleep. Where? In Jesus. How do you get into Jesus? Well, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 4 tell you how to obey the gospel. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. Therefore, we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. But the world will tell you that baptism is not important. <laughs> and the next title that I would have titled this sermon is The Living and the Dead. And this would have been a good title to title this whole sermon, The Living and the Dead. Uh, look with me at verse 15. A little more upbeat now. We're talking to Christians. Remember, he's, he's writing to Christians. He's not writing to non-Christians. He's writing to Christians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be 
when the Lord. When Jesus Christ comes back in the clouds, believers in Christ, those in Christ, those who have been baptized into Jesus Christ, will be divided into two classes, the living and the dead. And the priority will be given to those who died. Because the dead in Christ will rise first. It's not the dead out of Christ. It's not the dead. It's the dead in Christ will rise first. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Now that doesn't mean the wicked will not be judged soon after. Romans chapter 14, verse 10. Why do you judge your brother or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. We're all going to be judged. But the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who remain will be called up. There will be a visible descent. We will have perfect visibility of Jesus Christ coming back. Every eye will see Him come back. How is that going? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. All I know is we're going to see Him. It's going to happen. We'll have perfect visibility. We will see Jesus Christ come back one of these days. The day of the Lord, it's going to happen. The disciples who were with Jesus when He ascended into heaven were told, notice Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Now when He had spoke these things, talking about Jesus, while they watched, that's the disciples, He was taken up, Jesus was taken up, and a cloud received Him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as He went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will, will so come in like manner as you saw Him go into heaven. And Jesus will descend. When He comes back, He'll descend with a shout. This is the only time, this word, the word shout, it's the only time that it's used in the New Testament. You might make a note of that. It's the only time this word is used in the New Testament. Shout! The word was used in common Greek of an officer to his troops or a sea captain to his crew, giving orders, shouting. This shout is an address to a distinct company. The, the, the soldier on the field, the captain on the field, he doesn't shout to the other army. He shouts to his own army. The sea captain in the thick of battle, he doesn't shout to the other boat. He shouts to his own crew. This shout is an address to a distinct company. Christ's own people. That's who he's shouting to. That's who the shout is to. And with a shout, a command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, these are the instruments that God will use to sound forth the end. Notice Philippians chapter 2 verse 10, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And together we 
will be together forever. What a great title. Together forever. Would you buy a book like that? Would you buy that title? I can't imagine after we've been there a thousand years, bright shining as the sun, when we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we've first begun. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18, Therefore comfort one another with these words. Words of comfort. I'd buy a book like that, wouldn't you? We all need it. We all need comfort. We've all had people we've lost who were in Christ that we want to see again. There are many of us who are tired of the sorrow we're tired of the struggles of this world. We're so tired of it that we're ready to leave it behind. Many of us are like old John in Revelation who are ready. And we say Revelation 22:20, 20, Amen. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Come on and come right now. The only reason I don't want Jesus Christ to come back right now is because I know there are some in this audience who are not right with the Lord. That's the only reason. Because I'm being really selfish right now. I want Jesus Christ to come back. I... But don't get too comfy. Don't get too comfy. First Thessalonians chapter 5, we're going to read from verses 1 to 11. Don't get too comfy. Here's, here's this title. But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief, as a thief in the night. For when they say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We're not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are, are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and, and, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are, are so doing. Don't get too comfy. Don't get too comfy. Here's how Jesus put it. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. This is our Lord and Savior. And He and Paul agree here. But of that day and hour no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. You know, Matt, you're right in telling your son to be ready at any time because it could happen at any time. And we've got to be ready at any time. Jesus Christ could come back right now. Would you be ready? But as, uh, as the days of Noah were, so all will the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. How many, how many wedding uh, uh, ceremonies are, are going to be coming up here this year? How many people do you know are about to get married? 
How many people do you know about to be engaged? How many people do you know that are having babies and, and baby showers and wedding showers? How many people? It's going to be going on until the end of time. They'll be given in marriage, and they'll be, they'll, they'll be eating and drinking. And, and those at Noah's time, they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So will, be, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding in the mill. One taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. I remember when I was a little boy, I was about 12 years old, and my mother was sick. She was so sick. She had the flu. She was in the bed. And we had a ranch-style house where the front door was at one end, and her bedroom was all the way on the other end. Right? And she heard the doorbell ring. And that's the last thing you want to hear when you're sick, right? When you're in the bed sick, you do not want to hear the doorbell ring. That was, that was the telemarketer of the day, the, the traveling salesman. And she was just going to ignore it. The car was in the garage. She was just going to ignore it. It rang again. Ring, 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 ring. She thought maybe it was one of us. Come home from school sick, couldn't get a hold of her because she was sick in the bed. And so she got up. About the time she got up and got to the hallway, she heard a boom. They were in the house. She ran back to her room and shut the door, called 911. But they had already cleaned out a bunch of stuff before Mama and the police ever even got there. If she would have known that, maybe she could have called 911 sooner. But she didn't. She had no idea. Don't get comfy at any moment like a thief. If, if we would know the thief was coming, we'd be watching for him. But we don't know. So we've got to be ready at all times. Be prepared. Be prepared. Be alert. Be sober. The Boy Scouts, be prepared. You know, I know. I think that's the Boy Scout salute or the Cub Scout salute. I don't know which one's which, but, you know, that's their motto. Be prepared. Be prepared in all situations. We have some folks here that work in our, in our emergency uh, areas. Fire, fire and 911 and rescue and things like that. Nurses. They have got to be prepared at all times for anything. Think about those guys. When, we, when, we, when you look at something in the Bible and it says be prepared, think about those people who are ready to rush out the door at a moment's notice and go and save someone. Be prepared. Be alert. It's easy. It's easy, especially when you're young. Who knows what I'm doing? Who knows what I'm doing? I could be texting and I could also be playing a PlayStation 4. I don't know. Maybe I need to do that for a PlayStation 4. Right? trigger fingers going, I need to get a joystick going, but, you know, I've seen a lot of time wasted doing this. A lot. It'll ruin you. If you do something enough, it'll ruin you. Like drinking. Just go out and, and, and have one or two. I guarantee you, 
I guarantee you it'll bite you. You, you know the old parable or the old fable of a man walking down the road on a cold day. The wind was blowing and he saw a snake in the road and he picked that snake up and it was almost dead. It was so cold it was almost dead. And he, he put that snake in his jacket and he kept on walking down the road. A little bit farther, he, 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 found, he found that, felt that snake moving inside his jacket and he opened his jacket and that snake bit him right in the neck. And he said, but I saved your life. I warned you when you were cold and you were about to die. And the snake said, you know what I was when you picked me up. Don't be a drunk. Be sober. Don't ever start that kind of thing. To our young people, I would beg you not to start those kinds of things. Be a sober. Be alert. Put your armor on. Uh, armor up. Put that breastplate of righteousness on. Put that helmet knowing that you've been baptized into Jesus Christ and you're saved. Just knowing that. It's awesome. Knowing that you're going to go to heaven. That's heaven calling. Tell him Have you ever seen that one? you ever seen that, Paul? The telephone, heaven call, beside the... Armor up. We're the winners. Dead or alive, we're the winners. If we die in Christ, we win. If we live in Christ and for Christ, we win. Christians are to live a life of purity. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're dead to sin. The Thessalonians were, were comforting each other with these words. They were using these words. They were edifying one another. They were using these words to, to build each other up with. I don't know if we do that enough today. I don't know if we talk about heaven enough today. You know, the day of the Lord, I don't know exactly what it's going to be like. I'm not told everything in the Scriptures. God doesn't tell everything He knows. And I've given enough information to look forward to the day. Do you? Do you look forward to the day that Jesus Christ comes back? If you have your doubts, come right now. Together we stand and say.